This is the SYA Sidecast. Conversations, meditations, and experiences that connect us more to the young adult ministry of Shepherd Church. Hey friends, welcome to the SYA Sidecast. Here's what I want to do today. I just want to ask you a simple question. Are you self-aware? Or how self-aware are you? And self-awareness is a piece of the character puzzle that I talk about a lot. But with how divided so many of us are right now in so many different areas, I just can't shake this idea of self-awareness. So here's a truth and a principle in life, regardless of what side you're on in whatever issue. When life gets heavy, whether it's major or minor, when life gets difficult and you get squeezed, you're going to leak. And we all talk about how we believe this or we believe that. And that's all fine and dandy. But when life gets heavy and we get squeezed, the stuff that comes out, that's what we're made of. That's what we really believe, like it or not. And you've heard me say it a thousand times, character is everything and it leaks. But I'm not going to try to unpack character today. I want to just ask this question, are you self-aware? How self-aware are you? Now, arrogance and self-righteousness are as old as humanity, right? But with the increase of information that our culture and world has, all of us are experts now, right? But listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote 2,000 years ago, long before Google. He wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, he says that we know that all of us have some knowledge, but knowledge puffs us up with pride, but love builds up others. Knowledge puffs us up with pride. It puffs up. It's this picture of kind of pushing out your chest with overconfidence and like digging in your heels in whatever your opinion and views are. So you learn this and you decide that. And then you jump into a group of other like-minded people who've learned this and have decided that, and it starts to get a little bit cult-like. And I think COVID-19 and quarantine, so many people uh, being at home more, working less, but then there's these other people who are like working even more, but they're working more with the fear of a virus. I think this has all magnified our tendency to become more puffed up with our views on everything from politics, race, religion, gender, wearing masks, and so much more. And just like you, I, I too, personally, me, I have a context. I was raised in a certain place by certain people. I have the internet. I have Google. Um, I listen to this news and that news, and I have opinions. But whether I'm right or wrong in my side and stance and any of my tribal leanings, there is something far more important for the transformation of my soul, and that is an honest assessment of what I believe, of how I live, of how I see myself and how I treat other people. In other words, how self-aware am I? And one of the reasons self-awareness is of greater importance and priority than chasing down the evidence of whether you're right or wrong about whatever issue you hold 
is the universal tendency of confirmation bias. And this is simply the tendency to filter new information or evidence through what you already believe. And you're doing this as a subconscious way of confirming that you're right, that you're correct, that what you already believe is true. And we especially do this with new evidence or information about our own failures or downfalls. It's why each of us see the fault of others before we see it in ourselves, even though we have way more actual evidence about ourselves and our own downfalls. It's why we often exaggerate and project and transfer and hide our true feelings, sometimes even from ourselves. And confirmation bias tempts us to inflate our good qualities while downplaying or ignoring our bad qualities, right? And then think about social media. It's allowed us to insulate ourselves with opinions that we already hold, and it fills up our feed, literally feeding us like instead of comfort food, it feeds us comfort views, like opinions that we already believe. And so, so many of us, we've lost the art of giving other people the benefit of the doubt. We've lost the art of thinking about issues with complexity and nuance. And instead, we've, we've been taught to arm ourselves with talking points, and we just kind of set it on repeat. I've seen this over and over. I've had a few brave souls confess to me that they have like folders in their, in their browsers, right, where they like save these talking points and articles, and they'll even make little notes so that, that when they get in arguments with neighbors or families who are on the other side of whatever issue, they can like pull up these these talking points and argument. And I'm like, man, well, first of all, they're amazing for admitting that. But then the work is, because that's some self-awareness, by the way, but then the work is, how can I actually have conversations that are nuanced and that give benefit of the doubt and that are human? And the reason that self-awareness is painful is that it means I have to pay attention to what leaks out in my character, in my words, in my actions, especially in conflict moments and in chaotic life moments that take us by surprise. And there's a common phrase that happens when someone like blows up and loses it. Maybe they say or do some really foul things during a chaotic moment. And then they end up saying, man, that was so out of character for me. That was so uncharacteristic of me. But but I don't know that that's really true because I think that storms like difficulties in life, heavy moments, they squeeze us. And I think the stuff that comes out tells the truth. But the courage is in our willingness to look at ourselves in retrospect, to look with eyes wide open, willing to really see it, to see yourself, to see the truth, to see what actually came out in the difficulties. In the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 32, it tells that Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord in the middle of the night. Now, Jacob's name literally meant, the word Jacob meant deceiver. And that's actually who he had been his entire life. He was a deceiver. And Jacob tells the angel, he wants the angel to bless him. But the angel asks Jacob aggressively, what's your name? Say it. And Jacob does. He says, my name is Jacob. My name is Deceiver. 
And God, through the angel, then says, From now on, your name will be Israel, for you've struggled with God and you've overcome. And then it says that Jacob, after the angel left, Jacob gave that place a Hebrew name that meant, I have seen God. And the ancient rabbis would argue whether or not the name Israel meant to struggle with God or to see God. And I've often wondered, what if it is both? What if the scene is in the struggling? And listen, if you want to become self-aware, if you want to see what you're made of when you're pressed and you leak, if you want to work on self-awareness, it will take courage and humility to look and see and admit who you've been and who you are to call out your name, Jacob. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, Paul says, Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, neither too highly nor too low. The philosopher Soren Kierkegaard, he wrote something that was close to a prayer. He said, Now, with God's help, I shall become myself. And getting to know yourself and live out self-awareness takes time, and it is brutal. But here's what I want to offer you. One of the things I want to offer you are some questions that you can ask yourself to help identify some potential leaks, almost like ahead of time, right? So that you can begin to see them and what's really in you and then begin to acknowledge it, but then work on it. So here's a question. How quickly do I take responsibility for my part in a conflict without instantly pointing out the fault of others who are involved. Here's another one. How often do I interrupt people, especially when I'm in a disagreement with them? And this one, where do I tend to pronounce swift and passionate judgment or conclusion without first having an honest dialogue? I I honestly think this is one of the great failures of Christians in our time, in our era. I think as believers, so many of us, like so many people in the world who don't know the Lord, we, you know, we post on social media and we pronounce confidently on issues that are complex and nuanced. Now, of course, you have an opinion, but my question is for you and for me, are we really that confident? And even if you say, yes, I'm that confident, wouldn't just a little bit of humility be more effective, especially when we're opposed to some other people? Wouldn't some benefit of the doubt be more effective and more like Jesus? So here's something I want to offer now. I want to offer some proactive things that you can do to grow in what your leaks have taught you. So like as you begin to pay attention to your leaks and ask these questions, here's some proactive things you can do to grow through what you've learned. First, remove certain language. Like, do you find that you often use these phrases? Do you say things like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, I know, I know that. Yeah, 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 I've always done that, or I've always believed that. Or do you say things like, oh, man, they're, they're so stupid. I would never do that. And I could go on and on, but these imply that you seem to have nothing to learn, right? Which usually people who act as if they have nothing to learn are the ones who are the most insecure, right? So you've got to work on removing 
some of that language. So when you see it leak again and again, that you constantly are like, oh yeah, I already know that. Oh yeah. Or I would never do that. Or they're so stupid, right? Begin to remove that kind of language, right? And then add a certain language. I've worked hard at making this like part of my preemptive language, especially when I'm in conflict or talking about issues that are complex. You'll hear me say, look, this may simply be my confirmation bias. And I, I know I really could be wrong. But, but I think here's what I believe about whatever the issue is that I'm talking about or, or being asked about. And not only is it true, but it's humble and it's effective because humility earns like the trust of other people. And here's a timely example, COVID-19. If you think that there are a lot of overreactions, right, you've got some information on your side, right? And if you think that this is an uncertain and very scary virus and epidemic, you've got some information on your side, right? But what do any of us really know with certainty about COVID or about most anything else? Claiming certainty about almost anything, I think, should be an intellectual sin. But with every other post I see or conversation I hear, there's, there's people talk with so much certainty and so much judgment about how stupid the other side is. What would using the language of humility cost us? Maybe some pride by admitting that, you know, we don't really know everything, but honestly, Everybody that knows us already knows that we don't know everything. So we don't really need to act like it. So we could just add some language of humility of like, look, I could be wrong. You know, this may be my confirmation bias. I don't know everything there is to know about this. Actually, there's a lot I don't know. But here's what I think. Here's another one. Reconsider your critics. Like, clearly, you don't agree with all that your critics have condemned in you, but where might they be right? This is liberating if you can do this, because when you've got someone that's a critic of you, there's probably some jealousy or there's something in them if they're just constantly criticizing you. But if you're courageous enough to sit and consider their critiques— you're gonna, you, you can actually learn some things. I have lived through this time and time again, starting when I was about 23 in Missouri at a church with, with a couple examples of some men who I felt like were very arrogant. They wanted to mentor me. They were constantly criticizing me, even to the point of like making fun of some things. But you know what? When I was willing to sit down and think about it, there were also some things that they said about me that were true. And listen, more than one thing can be true at once. They can be kind of jerks and kind of overcritical and kind of arrogant and also be a little bit right in some things they said about me. And I'm the one that grew once I was able to go, you know what? I think they're right about that. Reconsider your critics. And here's one. Practice giving the benefit of the doubt. Practice being intentional about trying to um, be nuanced in complex, complex issues. Practice humanizing those that you consider your opponents. There was a, a, a parent in my youth ministry in Missouri who, he was one of these guys that was a little older, quite a bit older, and 
like he just messed with me. And I, I don't know if it's because I have a pretty confident personality and I, maybe he thought I was arrogant, which I was a little bit. And maybe he was trying to like, you know, push me down a little bit, put me in my place. I don't know. But one of the things he would do is he'd like, when he'd see me, he'd kind of like jab, like punch, like jab me in the arms. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I just, yeah, I didn't like it. And one time we had, we had, uh, we'd driven from Missouri all the way down to Texas, 15 hour drive. Then we'd gone eight hours into Mexico, right? And we were there for a week and a half. And I had his two kids with me. And then we drove back and we did that drive in one day. Like it took a long time. And I drove almost the whole way with, with no sleep. And when we got back, I was exhausted and he was teasing me. He's messing with me. What's, what's wrong, Frizzell? Are you tired? And he started jabbing me in the arm. And I remember I, I just like I wasn't in the best place. right? And I looked at him and I said his name. I'll make up a name. I said, Bob, if you, if you punch me in the arm, I'm going to break your nose. <laughs> and that's how I said it, like super matter of fact, because I was pretty serious. His kids weren't around. Nobody was around. And he kind of looked at me. He thought about it for a minute, but... He didn't punch me in the arm again. But here's what I had to do for the, with this guy. I had, to, I had to find where was the good. I, I got tired of making him an enemy in my mind, right? He was, this, he was a high school teacher. He was a parent. He's not evil. So I began to ask, where's the good, right? He had these two great kids. I loved his kids. His kids were amazing. And these two really good kids adored their dad. And so I thought, well, there it is, right? When I interact with him, I'm going to think about the fact that he's got great kids and they love him, so there must be something good about him. And it worked. Sure, I'd get annoyed by him, but I stopped demonizing him in my mind, and I began to see him as a human being. I began to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give you two more examples. Here's one. I haven't liked... Donald Trump for decades, right? I'm old enough to have been around for a while, including when he ran for president. I didn't like him. Um, I haven't liked Donald Trump personally the past three and a half years, right? But when his administration announced a peace deal between, between Israel and a major area of the Middle East this past week, this is one example, I was intentional in my conversations not to try and downplay his personal role or to, to try to give credit to past administrations, you know, to downplay his role. The, the leader at the top should receive the critique of, of a crisis and, and mishandlings, but they also should receive credit for the good, right? So I, I, I've been working on that the last few years. Those are just a, a couple examples of practicing giving the benefit of the doubt, working with a little bit of nuance and and trying to humanize people that you feel like are kind of on the opposite side, your opposition or, or even, even people that you might consider enemies. But here's the last um, like tool or proactive thing you can do to, to grow in some of the ways you've seen yourself leak so that you can not only become more self-aware, but then grow in those areas that you've seen that are weak. Here's the last thing, to remind yourself that self-awareness and therefore maturity is cumulative. Like, dismiss the anxiety that you might put on yourself that you can get better, more self-aware, and mature really fast. Like, just dismiss that because you can't get better 
more self-aware, and mature really fast. Like building a life of meaningful character is a marathon, not a sprint. So you grow in self-awareness and therefore maturity a little bit at a time. So one last time, how self-aware are you? I think self-awareness makes space for a little bit more humility. And I think that makes space for you and I to grow just a little bit. And as we do that again and again and again and again, we are changing. And when you look back, you see the footprints and you see the changes, right? A little bit at a time. And you do this by examining, by paying attention to your current character, looking with courage at how you already leak. And listen, if you're looking with clear eyes and an honest examination of your life, it is going to be painful. Like seeing some of the things that come from your soul, if you're courageous enough to not turn away and pretend otherwise, it is like a kick to the gut, to your spirit. And even, and even when you do the work, you're, you're then going to be tempted to notice how others are not doing it, right? And you're going to start to feel sorry for yourself. And you're going to want to just, you know, quit the hard work and just play the game like everybody else. Just pretend like you've got it together, like your side's right, like you know everything, you're puffed up. But I'm telling you, joy comes in the morning. It's on the other side. There is no resurrection without the pain of Calvary. Listen, my friends, you've got this. Ask the questions, pay attention to the leaks, and do the work. I'm out here, I'm doing the work with you. I'm working on me, but I am also cheering you on. Grace and peace to each of you, my friends. Thanks for listening to the SYA Sidecast. Make sure to connect with us on Instagram at WeAreSYA.